0: Ladies and gentlemen, attention everyone Welcome to No Picks After Dark It's your boy Nick Burr And you are now tuned in to the hottest podcast in the world With Aaron Dante Giving you the hottest interviews with the dopest people Sharing their experiences from your neighborhood all around to the world Voted Best Baltimore Podcast by you, the listeners Now, your host, Aaron Dante Yo Aaron, talk to him Oh man,
1: that was beautiful
0: Welcome to the No Picks After Dark Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. We're recording live from the Soha Studios in Northeast Baltimore. Thank you so much for listening to the show. The show is going to be really amazing. We have the Director of Communication and Marketing for E-Not Free Library. E-Not Pratt Free Library. I can't wait for you guys to listen. Visit your neighborhood sanctuary and do wellness for a luxurious experience for everybody. Treat yourself and a loved one with a massage, facial, or an entire day of pampering with our deluxe spa day packages that include lunch from the restaurant next door, fire and rice. For more information on booking or purchasing gift cards, visit their website at endowellness.com or call at 443-438-4048. They look forward to welcoming you and your loved ones to their beautiful new space at Soha Union, Located at 4801 Harford Road, Suite 1. Next voice you will hear is Ms. Amber Wetland, an urban.
2: Thanks for having me, Erin. Hey everyone, it's Amber, your neighborhood urban designer. I wanted to share an awesome project I just unveiled the other weekend with the Harlem Park Community Development Corporation over in West Baltimore. It's a community-driven master plan, which means we worked with the community members to define a vision for the future of the Harlem Park neighborhood. So why is this important? Well, a few things. Number one, the Biden administration is proposing major infrastructure funding towards the removal of highways and infrastructure that segregated and often decimated historically Black communities. And in the case of Harlem Park, that is Route 40, which destroyed 10 square blocks along the southern edge of Harlem Park. The second reason why this master plan is important is while neighborhoods start to experience development pressure, that's when we often get gentrification. So a community-led master planning effort can help give voice to the desires and wishes and hopes of the community members to ensure more equitable equitable development. So basically ensuring that the needs of residents are prioritized over the wishes of a developer. So I just wanted to share that today. There'll be more to come, but we're excited to unveil this awesome master plan.
0: The No Picks After Dark Podcast is proudly partnered with Remix Bar & Grill, located at 819 East Pratt Street, just north of Harbor East. Remix is a sports bar offering a sole food menu. With over 20 TVs, pool tables, outdoor patio seating, and private rooms, Remix is set up to be your premier downtown destination to watch all your favorite sporting events. Open from 11 a.m. until 11 p.m., Monday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 12 a.m., Friday and Saturday, and 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Sunday. Check out Remix Bar & Grill on Instagram and Facebook under at R-Y-M-K-S Baltimore for daily happy hour specials and weekly events. Remix Baltimore. Folks, we are back. This is one of my favorite parts of the episode. Confessions Thursday. Let me tell you something. I've got so much feedback from it. People are loving this, okay? Without further ado, Ms. Laurel, how are you doing today, ma'am?
3: Hey, I'm all right. I, uh... I think I, you saw my confession this morning was that all week long, I had been snoozing on my alarm. I've been wanting to go to the Y now that it's open and the pool is open. And I haven't, I've been wanting to swim. Like I've had my swimsuit at the foot of my bed for like the last week. And today I snoozed my alarm, but I actually got up and went. So I like started, started on a good note, which is good. It's, it's like, nice to not feel gravity for a minute
0: and uh, I love it I love it,
3: it.
0: You, you went though you went I yeah so yeah let's yeah. have the battle so <laughs> tell us tell us some funny confessions for us or whatever that would I'm just you always crush it so I'm gonna let you do your, it's your show Go ahead.
3: yeah I, there was not I would not say that there's a theme of this week there's like so There's a lot of things. A couple of people were also like, oh yeah, I've also been trying to go swimming at the Y and I've been snoozing too. So that, I guess that was a theme. Um, (laughs) A lot of us are uh, hard pressed to get out of bed in the morning. It sounds like, (laughs) you know, to change our routine, which is fair, totally fair. Um, Two people did tell me that they left work early today to do something fun. So that's great too. Um, And uh, one person had an interview and um, they were worried about like being normal, you know, like, like I haven't had like a real conversation with people in a long time who I didn't already know. Do I know how to do this? Mm -hmm. Um, turns out I, I like, I just will have to read this to you. It was, it's too much. Um, turns out. So on, on the way to the interview, (laughs) they said my zipper busted open and broke. My dress on the drive there, <laughs> and uh, my boob was all but hanging out. But thankfully, I had gri- grabbed a blazer last minute and was able to still stay decent and used it as a story for a moment of levity that got the whole interview team laughing. So I really hope, <laughs> I really hope that, that, <laughs> that they were able to, uh, get, you know, get that. And it's like, you know, they were like, everything's a little tight. I didn't expect. I haven't had to wear a dress. <laughs> in like a year, you know, and, uh, and and I didn't expect it to bust open, but, um, was able to use it to their advantage. So I'm glad, <laughs> I mean, that's like, that's one of those things where you're like, oh, and hopefully that interview team was, um, you know, able to see the adaptability and, um, you know, uh, uh, willingness to press on despite, um, you know, a change in circumstances, and and I hope they get the job. You know, It's
0: <laughs> I love that. That that's perseverance right there. Yeah, absolutely. He was, he was like, you know what? I'm gonna make this happen. So yeah. I would, I would hire. Be like, hey, you didn't you didn't call out. You didn't say no. Yeah. That means that means if you are probably sick, you're still gonna come to work. So I get yeah. that. Uh, that's that's dependability. Well,
3: yeah, I can't say that I advocate for people to go to work if they're feeling sick, particularly in these times. But I am saying, like, <laughs> if uh, you know, if for some reason you have a wardrobe malfunction and you're able to figure it out, like, great, good job. You know,
0: <laughs> I love that. I I yeah. love I've lo- I really love that one. I really do love that. That's a good one.
3: It was a good one, yeah. And then, um, oh, another good one was uh, about. I don't know I feel like I don't I have not a lot of the folks that I know have young kids but the ones that do um often tell me things like um I got a good one today that was like every morning I put my kid uh in front of the tv and go make him a snack with big quotes and I and I just go listen to podcasts uh and I was like wow. that's that's great you know I think that like everybody has I don't know. Who doesn't need those moments? Like every parent has a moment like that where it's like, oh, I'm in the bathroom, you know, like I like, yeah, every everyone, everyone has those moments for sure. And you like ask
0: them, did they listen yeah. to No Picture of Dark podcast?
3: Um I didn't, but I
0: will. Oh, you got dusted million dollar question right there. <laughs> Come on now. We got we gotta ask that question. We have to. <laughs> we gotta ask that question, you know. Yeah, they brought it you're up.
3: Right. You're right. I I'll I'll follow up. Don't <laughs> I won't I won't let it go I won't let it go yeah. yeah um let's see people taking fruit like um public public fruit feeling like they took their <laughs> more than their fair share of like fruit uh, uh, fruit in on city streets but you know like if it's a if it's if it branches outside of the property line, it's public domain, you know. So, like, is there is there a fair share? You know, like,
0: that's a good <laughs> one. I don't know. Oh man,
3: there's a, there's like a plum tree growing on 31st and like uh, 31st and Abel, and I'm walking past it every day. I'm just waiting for for those plums to get <laughs> right. Like, it's that's it's a it's street fruit, it's, it's for everybody.
0: <laughs> this is hilarious. Night, oh my god, this is this is everything from blouse to plums to air quoting. and watch listen to podcasts while kids watch the mickey mouse club this is our this is amazing evening this is what it's all about confessions i this is amazing thank you so much of yeah where can That's we where, where can we find you where can we people get on there on your page and give more confessions because i mean i know it's a private page but go ahead
3: yeah, yeah. So I'm rest on your laurel on Instagram. Um, that's rest on dot laurel. I did it right this time. I'm, <laughs> I'm reading it. Um, and yeah, again, a private page. But if if you're not a creeper robot, I will accept you. Um, yeah. And every Thursday, I'm doing this, and I'm getting more and more, which is really cool. So um, yeah, I'm pumped that people are into this, and um, also open to feedback or you know whatever I, th- I just want to know what what's good for folks
0: people love it that's the feedback up again they love this segment they really do right. they look forward to hearing what other people what things they have in common with other people that they don't want that they don't want to see out in public so
3: yeah that's the thing that's what's great about this stuff is that like <laughs> everybody feels weird or feels guilty about something or feels happy about something that they shouldn't feel happy about and they all, like you know like, where do you get to say that stuff? And even if it's about tiny little things, um, there's not necessarily a platform. And like, I don't know. It's just fun to mix space for that kind of thing.
0: Well, again, another stop and performance again from Ms. Laurel. <clears throat> Thank you so much for coming on. You'll catch her next week. Love, peace, and happiness. We'll be right back, folks. At Fishnet, every plate served starts with the freshest, high-quality fish, Source from local waters whenever possible. You get fine dining excellence delivered in a cozy, unpretentious, fast, casual setting. Delicious does not even begin to describe it. Everything I've tried is made from scratch and incredible. The best fish I've ever had. Check them out for lunch or dinner at Mount Vernon Marketplace. Get caught in the fishnet. You'll be glad you did. Menu and details at eatfishnet.com.
1: Hi guys! Today I want to share with you my Sip of the Week. If you love Malbec as much as I do, then you'll love this pick that I have for you today called Red Schooner by Cayman's Vineyards. One of the cool features that I love about this wine is that unlike most wines where you're you, they typically give the vintage of the year that the wine was bottled, this particular wine actually uses the year of the voyage so there this particular wine actually goes through um a actually gets transferred or shipped from the andes mountains in argentina to cayman's vineyards in california And so what they do is the voyage coincides with the year that the greats made their journey from Argentina to the Cayman's vineyards. And I thought that was very unique about this particular wine. But one of the things that I love about this wine is that it is aged for 15 months in oak barrels. It has a, you know, the aromas of blueberry and raspberry and blackberry. It's off dry, a very, very sippable and easy drink to um, to to if you love red wines it's a very nice drink to sip and so I highly recommend this this particular wine to you um, if you are a wine lover so if you love this 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 sip of the week then you'll love the sips that I have for you on my podcast the purple charm experience I bring you greetings from the Purple Charm Experience Podcast. My name is Tamara E. Fleming, but you can call me mine. Please join me each week where I share with you my quote of the day, my sip of the week, and information about my journey as an author. And if you love Prince, we get into his history too. So join me. I look forward to seeing you there.
0: The No Picks After Dark Podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there is something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, carryout and delivery, and they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Carver Road. Open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m. Or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com and you too can be fueled by Zeke's. Welcome to the No Picks After Dark Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Dante. Today we have a very, very special guest. I am so excited to be at the Enoch Pratt Library. I cannot, this is the first time I've been to this library in 25 years.
4: That is a shame.
0: (laughs) 25 years. Welcome back. Thank you so much. And the person we have on the show, you know, you might know her. She's a local Baltimore celebrity. Okay. (laughs) She, you know, she was on TV. She was breaking, breaking, you know, breaking news and things of that nature. (laughs) But without further ado, welcome Megan McCorkle, a director of marketing and communication at the free library. Thank you for coming on No Picture Dark Podcast.
4: Thank you so much for having me and welcome back to the library.
0: Oh, this is a beautiful thing. I mean, you gave us a real quick tour. I mean, I'm blown away by just the lights and I'm like, I see why people come here all the time.
4: It's really hard to be in a bad mood. Like when you walk in the door and you get to work in a place that is this gorgeous. So yeah, I always say like, if something's got me down, I just go for a walk around the hallways and I'll be just fine when I get back to my office. I mean,
0: I'm blown away. I felt like I was in Europe for a second walking through that middle hall, middle way. I'm looking up like.
4: They don't make them like this anymore. I mean, that's for sure. And they're actually, you're not far off because some of our ceilings are like modeled after churches in Rome. I, I mean, each room has like a little surprise for everybody. And it's just gorgeous.
0: It reminds me, I don't know if you've ever been to Barcelona. Uh, it's called La Familia, that yeah. big church that's been, they've been building for like a hundred years. And it's just beautiful. Now, I got, I said, my you know, myself, Nick and I were looking around like, this is serious. This is legit. So this is another hidden gem. So, you know, we're here. Thank you so much for having us here. Absolutely. All right, so we're going to get a little bit. We're going to find out a little bit about you first. All right, let's do it. Okay. Are you from Maryland?
4: I am not from Maryland. I am from the great state of New Jersey uh, initially, so just up I-95 um, from the Jersey shore. So I feel like the vibe is very similar. We like seafood. We like the ocean. We like the water. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm from New Jersey originally. I uh, went to college in D.C., but I have been in Baltimore for 10 years now.
0: Wow! Wow! I so I used to live in Jersey. I call it Jersey. <laughs> I call. It, I, I lived in uh, uh, where's it? Uh, Belmar?
4: No, Manasquan.
0: Okay. Uh, okay. Right the, down the street. The Parker House.
4: I, I, have, I have. See, you know been about the, park. the Parker House. See, a time you know. Too. <laughs> okay.
0: So, a uh, small world. I love it. I love it. I lived there for uh, two years. Uh worked in Ocean Township mm-hmm. off Route 35. I used to go to Pete and Eldis for some a thin crust.
4: Yeah. I remember, if you ate the really, really big pizza, you got a T-shirt. Yeah. Oh I never. I never did. Somebody, we cheated when we were kids. We would take the pizza and we would line our pocketbooks with like plastic and people would shove slices of pizza in there just so they could get, I don't know why. I don't think we ever wore the t-shirts, but it was just like a bragging
0: rights. I love it. I love it. See, you really, that's, see, that's what I'm talking about. I love You bring me back memory lane. Hmm. So where did you attend to college or where did you go to school?
4: I went to a Catholic university down in DC. So I was really big into theater when I was in high school up in Manisquan. And Catholic had a top ten theater program when um, I was going to college, and so I wound up down in D.C. and I majored in theater. And then my parents told me, and then you can major in something practical too. So I majored in theater and communications.
0: Okay, okay. So that that, that led into my next my next question then. So. Communications. Did you ever think you would ever be on TV? I mean, I know you, you know you're in theater, so you're right. Maybe I could be a movie or an actress on Broadway. But did you think you would be on TV reporting the news?
4: It was really interesting, uh, the path that I took, because when I was in D.C., my senior year, I interned at ABC7, the TV station there. And so I did a lot of stuff behind the scenes there. And they actually hired me right out of college to do behind the scenes. Um, so, it was an industry I was kind of a part of from the very beginning, but I started at, like, the bottom, bottom of TV. Like, I was the one who was, like, running the scripts across the newsroom. Um, I remember my first opening salary was so low that my parents were wondering, like, why they sent me to college in the first place. But it was a really interesting way to learn the industry because then as I kind of moved up the ranks, I really understood every little part of the industry and I think there's a lot more respect for that when you really work your way up. So I worked behind the scenes for a few years and then eventually transitioned to on camera.
0: I mean I was sweating coming in here before I came to see you today because I'm like, she used to work in T V and media. So (laughs) let me get all my Ps and Q's ready because I know she's gonna be like, no that light gotta be like this. So I was nervous. I was like, all right, I I practiced before I came here today. You are so funny. (laughs) To make sure to, to make sure everything was cool. So how'd you end up in Charm City?
4: How did I end up in Charm City? So in TV, like, that career is just very nomadic, right? You have to move all over the country. Um, You go from place to place, job to job. So I was in D.C. behind the scenes, and then eventually, just sort of like everything happens, the recession closed one of the jobs, one of the bureaus I was working for, and I wound up getting transferred out to Columbus, Ohio, um, which was honestly a great experience. The people out there were really lovely. But my parents were up in New Jersey. My family was all on the East Coast. And so I got offered the job at WJZ in Baltimore, and I really leapt at the chance to come back to the East Coast. Um, so I worked at WJZ for almost five, or maybe a little more than five years.
0: Nice, nice. So how did you end up here? We were talking a little bit before that, before got on air, but how did you end up at the library? I mean, is Is that... Is that the next phase in life after you leave TV? Do you go into, like, you know, private sector pretty much?
4: You know, everyone has a different path, right? And so my contract was ending at WJZ, and I really loved my experience there. But I was just looking for a new challenge, and I was trying to figure out what that challenge was. So was it reporting national news and going to New York? So I was, like, actually interviewing in New York at the time. And then this job at the library um, came open, and the timing was just perfect. I was already a member of the Pratt Contemporaries, which is the philanthropy group um, for the library. So I was always really familiar with the Pratt Library. And then when the job opened, I kind of just applied and said, well, uh," you know, like you kind of (laughs) worry about it when they call you for an interview. And then when I went in and interviewed, it just got me excited and more and more interested. And so, I mean, it's really turned out to be a dream job and the transition has been really like amazing because I still get to tell stories. I just tell a lot of stories that have more happy endings because the library has such great um, work that we do. And it's a privilege to be able to tell the story of the
0: library. I love it. I love it, folks. I love it, folks. So we're about to get into the meat of it right now about the about, the about the library. Okay. So tell us, give us a little background because a lot of my listeners are not from Baltimore. Yep. A lot of them are all, all over. Tell us a little bit about Enoch Pratt Free Library. I mean, is, I, I know they're all around the city, mm-hmm. um, but give us a little bit, you know, what you give us a little side, you know, a little cliff The spiel? Yeah. yeah.
4: So the Enoch Pratt Library is actually one of the first free libraries in the entire country. Um, what we take for granted here in Baltimore City is that the Pratt Library is actually like a nationally renowned library. People who work here have learned about the Pratt Library in library school, and coming here is like a huge part of their career because the reputation is so amazing. So we are the City Library of Baltimore. We have 22 locations, but we are also the State Library of Maryland. So it's a little bit different. Um, So in other states, like in New Jersey, there would be a State Library in Trenton, that would you know, serve the entire state, and then the individual counties and towns would have libraries. Here, this building that you're in right now, the Central Library, is also the State Library of Maryland. So we send books from this library to every county across the state of Maryland every single day. So if you are in Prince George's County and you want a book that is on the Eastern Shore and it's only there, our drivers will get it from the Eastern Shore to Prince George's County. So we basically like run a FedEx out of the basement of this building because that's our responsibility as the state library. So it's really neat. Um, We do a lot of great work. And then on top of that, the City Library of Baltimore, 22 locations across the city. And we also have three um, mobile units. So we have a mobile job center, which is equipped with 13 computer terminals. So people get on the mobile job center. We can teach them how to do a resume. We, they leave with copies of their resume. We can help them apply for jobs. So all kinds of things on the Mobile Job Center that travels all over the city. And then we also have a book buggy, which is for our little kids. So we do story time right on the book buggy. It's really like a lot of imagination. Olivia the pig is on the outside of it, which kids love. And then we have a bookmobile, which is essentially a library on wheels that travels all over the city. So we're everywhere.
0: You just blew my mind right now. (laughs) I'm going to have to bring that back and uh, listen to that again because I did not know you guys were the books of, you guys are the Amazon of books for Maryland.
4: It is like no (laughs) doubt.
0: Amazon, like you guys are like, if if I need a book on Eastern Shore, Project Maryland, Hagerstown, come through here, we can get it to you.
4: We also do library. So, like, say you have a book that you really want and it is only in Alaska, we can get that book from Alaska for you. And so we get books from all over the world for people and we have some books that get shipped all over the world so that, you know, it's access to information and knowledge and we try and find it anywhere we can to make sure our customers are happy.
0: Wow. Wow, folks. They're giving quirks dropping jewels and gems as we say, as we say, we just dropping just truth bombs giving us that inside information. So how many people are employed for that, from the library?
4: Sure, we have about 500 employees across the library system. Wow. Give
0: or take, yeah. That's, that's that's great. That's that's great to hear. Mm-hmm. So, I know that the library went through some different phases, and I was looking. At, you know, I was looking at the Instagram account. And things were changing inside here. To yeah. give us a walkthrough of the phases of what happened, what it looked like before, and looked like afterwards, like what changed inside with the phase. You were saying it took about how many years to get everything fixed up in here? In Ten years, something like that, for the facelift?
4: Oh, you're talking about the, the renovation. Yeah, was, sorry, renovation. That's yeah, renovation. okay. So, yes, the Central Library just underwent a massive renovation. It was a $115 million renovation. Woo! Yeah. It was a heavy price tag, but with a building like this that's historic, I mean, you can't do it any other way. You have to bring in artists to redo these ceilings, right? There were techniques to doing some of our molding, our historic molding, that they had to use the same technique that they used in the 1930s when they put the building up because there's just not a modern technique that can get you how, how decorative that molding is. I mean, it was magical to see. Wow. So it took about 20 years to get the funding to do a full facelist, facelift of this building. Um, and one of the things that we're really proud of is that we kept the central library open the entire time of the renovation. We'd close for maybe a week here and there, but... This building sees like half a million visitors a year and people rely on it. And we know that we are some of the only places that people can access computers where kids can do homework after school in a quiet, safe space. So it was important for us to keep the building open. So it took about three and a half years, but we were able to renovate the building top to bottom. It was the first full-scale renovation of this building. Um, This building is eight floors. People don't realize that because when you look outside, it just looks like three floors. Right. Cause So what we go four floors underground as well.
0: Oh, okay. It's
4: pretty amazing. So three floors underground are three full um, – they're, they're stacks of books. So we have like two city blocks of books on each floor and then a sub-basement below that. So when you are coming here and saying like, hey, I'm looking for this fiction book and you don't see it on the shelf – if you ask a librarian, they've got to go downstairs and they weave through three full city box of books to find you your book. It's amazing. If you love the smell of old books, I love walking down in the stacks.
0: Wow. Yeah. Folks. Wow. It's wow. an amazing,
4: amazing building to be in to um, just the artistic. Uh, it's won so many awards for the renovation because. Just, I say we're a building of ceilings. I laughed and said, like, we should pad all the pillars because people are just going to look at the ceilings and walk into them because the amount of craftsmanship that went into this building back in 1933 just can't be repeated anymore in new buildings. Um, it's really a magical, special place.
0: The No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly sponsored by Maggie's Farm. Located at 4341 Hartford Road, Maggie's Farm offers a unique dining experience with delicious handcrafted cocktails and mouth awarding cuisine from falafel to scallops and everyone's favorite honey sriracha cauliflower wings. Open for dinner from 4 p.m. until 10 p.m. Wednesday through Saturday and serving brunch Saturday 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. with delectable chicken and waffles, shrimp and grits, biscuits and gravy and more. Check out Maggie's Farm on Instagram and Facebook for daily and weekly food specials as well. It is it, beautiful. It's beautiful here, folks. I mean, again, took my breath away just walking in. And I just looked up and I was like, "Wow, I do feel like I'm in Rome." The cathedrals. I, yeah. I mean, this this is beautiful architecture. So, mm-hmm. before the pandemic, we're we're gonna we're gonna go a little bit before the pandemic. Yep. You guys had a speaker series that you guys used to do all the time.
4: We kept it during the pandemic. Uh-oh. We did it virtually. So virtually. It never ended. It
0: never ended. What's the name of it, and how did this come about, and how do you guys get get your guests? What, how does it all work?
4: We have a few different speaker series that all have different missions. So Writers Live is our main speaker series um, where we really focus on authors. We have a new speaker series that launched maybe a year or two ago called the Hackerman Best and Next series. So those are really um, – artists and thought leaders that we bring in and then we have the brown lecture series that focuses on prominent african-american leaders so we have three different series that uh, we do sort of simultaneously and we have an amazing programming department that really brings in all of those speakers so that is their job um the pratt library is actually really known nationally for our programs Our CEO, Heidi Daniel, used to work down in um, Houston, Texas. And she said her CEO down in Houston, Texas, would get our magazine into, like, their library and then give it to their programming staff and say, like, figure out how to do what the Pratt's doing. Wow. Because, yeah, other libraries try and emulate what we do a lot.
0: How often are how often are those series Like, when, like before, pre-pandemic, was it like once a month or were you guys doing it? I mean, and what kind of crowd were you getting? Because like, I saw one you guys had um, Dee Watkins here one day and uh, it was packed. Um, I mean, and I was like, This is a Tuesday or Wednesday night, and it's packed down here.
4: Dave Watkins was one of our last speakers before the pandemic, and we had a thousand people in Central Library. We can fit five hundred people in Central Hall. We had every overflow space that you could think of because we can stream now with our new technology in the building. So we streamed up to Wheeler Auditorium that fits like another two hundred. We did the Creative Arts Center, which we can fit a few other hundred. We were in the Poe Room, which was one of our smaller spaces, but we can stream to it. So for big speakers, we can fit up to a thousand people in this building.
0: So I, I remember that. I just remember that was one of my last memories of seeing that. And I was like, there's a lot of people in there.
4: Last year, the year after we reopened the library, we wanted it to be this community celebration, this banner year. We did a reopening celebration for the library. Um and it was a block party. And We had, you know, there's no way of knowing how many people are going to come to something. (laughs) And so we were like, you know what, if we have like two or 3000 people, that would be great through the course of the day. We had over 9000 people show up on a Saturday afternoon to tour the library, like the doors. It never ended. When we cut the ribbon to the library, I couldn't get in the front door for so long. I went around back and went in the back door because there was such a line to get in
0: it's you know I'm, I'm i'm pausing for a second because we're we're post kind of past pandemic and i can't imagine that in my mind now of that I many know. i can eat, like the the thought of that many people gives me the creeps now <laughs> it, it does right? it does it's like just because of what i know what we know about the world now mm-hmm. it's just like 9000 People?
4: Nine thousand people throughout the course of the, the day. fire
0: marshal didn't come in here and say, "Hey, y'all got to." It was throughout the course of the
4: day. <laughs> no, I think they gave us a pass on that one. We yeah. always say, "Like," mm-hmm.
0: you know what I love though. I um, and I I, I I love that people are still coming to the library. That's one of the big things I always going to ask you about because the you look at the internet. You know, I we I we grew up with Encarta and all that right? stuff. You know. <laughs> You know, we had, everybody's parents had the dictionary, had the alphabet dictionary. <laughs> World you, Book you, Encyclopedia. All, we all that had that. You had remember? That. And, you know, the library was a place to go. That's where you checked out, you know, the tape. That's where you checked out things in that nature. And now it's like internet has taken over. Do you, have you guys seen a decrease of like visitors as far as young people come to the library? Or do you guys take note of that? Because you can Google everything. So... How do you guys counter that? I'm just curious. Well,
4: we like to say librarians are the original Google, and mm. we give you accurate information. So we'll tell you like what on Google is true and what's not. <laughs> um, I actually think it's the opposite. We see a lot more people. Um, and one of the big reasons is that many, many years ago, uh, we really realized that Internet is not equal Across the city, there's over forty percent of households in Baltimore City that does not have access to reliable internet within their home, and in many cases, the library is the only place that they can go that's completely free, that they can do their homework or they can look for a job. And so we know people rely on the Pratt Library, um, especially for that free internet. And during the pandemic, that was one of our number one concerns: is okay they can't access our internet. We know they need it. How can we get it to them? So one of the things that we did almost immediately um, is we put antennas on the outside of eight of our libraries so that people could access internet in the parking lot of our libraries or outside. So we called it drive-in Wi-Fi. We're looking to expand that even further in the like coming years because, say, you're a kid who's you know doing the homework assignment that you forgot and the library closed at 7 o'clock. Well, then you could at least sit outside the library at eight o'clock and use our free internet. Um, You don't have to go to Starbucks and try and like buy something to sit there and use their internet. We also have, um, we bought a ton of uh, mobile hotspots. And so people can check those out like a book, bring them home. And then I think it's like up to 15 devices in your home can connect to free internet using the mobile hotspot.
0: This makes my heart warm. I'm, I'm literally about to tear up because what you're saying is what Baltimore really needs. I, I, always remember this it was a scene when everybody was going back to um was all school you know schools online and there was a young person that was in california and i don't know if you remember this they were at taco bell sitting outside doing their homework mm-hmm. and i'm like wait a minute we live in the united states of america like what are we doing here like exactly. you're doing homework outside taco bell to get your homework done and for to hear what you guys are doing kudos to you thank you so much for what you were doing for the public, for the kids out here, people who don't have internet. I mean, what you said about the job resumes, you know, the the spots you can go into, the mobile centers, that is heartwarming because I think people need to hear that beautiful side of Baltimore and what we have here in resources. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm right now about to tear up a little bit because that just really makes my heart warm hearing that.
4: I think people, when they think about a library, and if you haven't been to the library in a long time, you look at like, that's a place I can get books. But the library is so much more. I always like to say our business is access. And that's it. Like access to information. And that information comes in a lot of different ways, right? It can come because you can log on to a computer. It can come from a book. It can come from one of our programs. Um, I mean, we have access to everything. We open up a world for people that's completely free, that they wouldn't be able to get anywhere else. I mean, my boss, our CEO, Heidi Daniel, grew up in a town where her dad was a factory worker in Michigan and the library was one of the only places that opened the world to her and showed her that there was a world beyond where she was growing up. I mean, and it grew her love of libraries. Her parents wanted her to go to college and they brought her to the library all the time because it was a free source of information. So she always really instills that in all of us, how important this library is And in Baltimore City, I think people really look at the Pratt Library as a place that fixes problems. And we do as much as we can. I mean, we've got programs. We've got lawyer in the library. We were one of the first places to start that in Maryland. Um, We started at our Pennsylvania Avenue branch. So if you need legal help with a civil issue, you can actually come to the library and meet with an attorney. And they will give you free legal advice through Maryland Legal Aid. We have had people line up around the building to do that. It's so popular. We've expanded it to multiple libraries. We've continued doing it um, on a like remote basis. That spawned another program because we noticed that people needed access to food stamps or other resources that our librarians could only do so much, right? And you could only say social services across the street, But people didn't trust it, right? They trusted the library because it's a place of trust that they've always come to. So we started Social Worker in the library. So now we have social work interns working at all of our library branches. So if our librarian notices that someone needs help with something, we have someone right there that can help you. So, I mean, it's really interesting. And it's so um, heartwarming to work here because I really do see this place as a a place that looks at what do the people of Baltimore need and how can we be part of that solution?
0: Wow. See, I'm I'm learning right now, folks. I mean, (laughs) I'm literally about to have my pen and paper when I listen to this episode (laughs) afterwards and write this down because I don't think a lot of people know what's, what this library does until I'm, I mean, maybe I'm just oblivious to the world, but I didn't know about a lot of this and you're, uh, you're, I mean, I feel like I'm in class right now. (laughs) School's in session you know, I mean, I'm just sitting here like, wow. This is amazing. This is so great that we have these resources here.
4: Yeah, we're a community anchor. And honestly, I always think like when people need something, they come to us. We had a woman the other day who her sliding glass door wouldn't close or wouldn't open. There was something. And one of our librarians put it on the neighborhood Facebook page and helped get somebody to her house to help get her door closed. I mean, that's the type of caring people that work here. Our staff is amazing. And if they can find a way to help you, even if it's not within their expertise, they're going to do it.
0: I love it. I love it. So let's talk about pandemic. Let's let's let it. Cause I know that's, everybody wants to know how did the library survive the pandemic? I mean, you say you have 500 employees. Were you guys able to keep them, retain them? Or were you guys able to help them out? Uh, have hours for them? I mean, what kind of things do you guys do for the community? I know you said for Wi-Fi and things, but, for, but pandemic, like checking out books was there, I know you get drive through books or something like that or pickup books. or something like, I don't know. But tell me, tell us a little bit about that.
4: Sure. Well, we did keep all of our staff and we hired more staff. So, um, yes, because we knew from the second we closed our doors, all we were thinking about is how do we open our doors and how do we meet the needs of our community? So the digital divide, obviously, was a really big piece for us. The other thing was, Okay, well, we have a lot of kids that come in from school and they need help with their homework and now we can't stand over them and help them with their homework. So what do we do? So we immediately beefed up our digital resources. We brought a database that you could access from home that had free live tutors on it. So... uh We did this, like say your child is taking algebra or something and your algebra skills are (laughs) not quite what they used to be. You could actually log on to that tutoring service and the tutor would have an online blackboard and like help your child do the problem and help them learn it all for free with your library card. You just had to log in. That was one of the first things we did. And then we reached out to schools and we're asking, what more do you need? So we beefed up a lot of our online resources for people. That was the first thing we did. Um, we increased the amount of money we were spending on our ebooks because we knew that people couldn't come in and get physical books right away. So you could still download ebooks. So I always laugh like I yell at my friends when they tell me they download from Amazon because you can download all of the latest books completely free on your Kindle from the library. You might have to wait a little bit because um, we do have some wait times, but we've got ebooks, e-audiobooks, all we have movies, we have music, all the latest albums you can download from Hoopla almost immediately with no wait. So, I mean it's pretty amazing all of the
0: I mean, I get. The pandemic happened, they kept one trucking. That is amazing.
4: We never stopped. And the one thing that I was really proud of is like you know, kids come for story time every week, right? And right. early literacy is vitally important. And so many people get that at the library. We were up and doing Facebook Live story times within like two weeks. And mm. we still do those today because people love them. So we started doing online programming. Um, and, you know, we've worked out the kinks of it. And I really think it's something, even post pandemic, that people like. And so we're really taking a look at what did we do during the pandemic that we can translate now? Like, we're not going to be the same library after this. You have to take the lessons learned and see, like, instead of doing those thousand person um, programs in Central Hall, we could still have those, those people. But I understand that it's very hard in Baltimore City if I live somewhere that's not on a bus line, that I got to take three buses to get to Central Library to see Spike Lee But maybe I could get it streamed to my local library and just walk there and I could still participate in the program. So we're really taking a look at what technology do we need so that we can be more inclusive with our communities and provide access in an easier way for people so that they can all participate in what we're doing.
0: Do you see like like the Maryland Zoo, for example, they now are doing time to go into the zoo. And it seems like that's something that they're taking from the pandemic going forward. Mm Kind of like the aquarium, what the aquarium does. Sure. Do you see the library doing something like that? Where, like, say, for instance, you have another big speaker like, uh, I don't know, Barack Obama comes here. You know it's going to sell out. Sure. Would you still have that thousand or would you kind of limit it down, kind of like you're saying, like maybe 500 to max we're going to do? We're going to stream in else other, other avenues.
4: What I can say is, so for Spike Lee, that was probably the biggest one that we did right before the pandemic. Um, we did do tickets. They were free tickets. Um, and then we had like a wait line, like if we could fit you in, just because we knew that we couldn't accommodate everybody in the building. Um, so I, I think for big scale programs like that, it's possible to do that. For someone like Dee Watkins, when you can really fill the room with a thousand people and watch all these people stream in, I mean, I still think that there's a magic to that, to see how many people on a Tuesday night really want to come to the library um, to see some of these amazing speakers. So I still think it would be limited. I think what we really want to do is figure out how to provide access to the people that couldn't have made it down here for Mm. spike leave right and so maybe it's not necessarily streaming it into your home but it could be streaming it into your local library we could also potentially stream things online so we're taking a look at what we could do i mean right now our author programs have continued and we're doing those through our facebook live so we had jenna bush hager um, Saw that. Saw yeah, that. who Saw did? She did a great thing with Elizabeth Gilbert from Eat, Pray, Love was with us um, a few weeks ago. She was amazing. But we get people on our Facebook Live say like, I'm tuning in from Indiana. I'm tuning <laughs> in from Australia. I mean, we're getting a whole different audience there. So you really look at like, how do we retain that audience mm-hmm. while still um, servicing the audience that we have right here in Baltimore City?
0: So possibly it could be like a whole mix of h- hodgepodge. You don't have to have somebody come here anymore. You can just do it virtual now pretty much. There's
4: something really (laughs) special though about seeing someone in person so I think we would still really um, desire having those in-person experiences but being able to stream it from this library into other libraries or into homes so for people who can't make it here you could potentially watch it at home and you could watch it on your own time right because we have it on our Facebook live page it lives there and when speakers allow us to do that then if I can't make it on Tuesday night at eight o'clock I could watch it on Thursday at four o'clock when I have time right right,
0: right. so the other question now is I asked you before we got on, before we got on camera all right so they were this huge party every year Uh oh. And I, and I you know I would watch my Instagram like I didn't <laughs> you know you'd be stalking on Instagram like, let me look at Facebook look at the mm-hmm. and these people are dressed up to the nines they had different themes every year Give us a little peek behind the curtain of what you... Because I remember looking at your Instagram, and you were like, this I'm working hard this week. And then you, at the end, you always say, shout out to my staff for crushing it there. And you always take a picture with them. Tell us, give us a little peek behind the curtain. What is, what is this party that happens every okay. year that didn't happen last year? And is it going to happen this year? Or we're, gonna, working okay, are we, we're working cause, on cause, it. Okay. We're working on it. Because I feel like I'm about to get up on this ticket somehow. Because yes. right? I, I got convinced. But go ahead. Pipe Wrench is a new online magazine. You'll find... Links to conversation pieces, playlists, essays, poems, and more by folks from all walks of life responding to the ideas, the main feature. Each issue is like a dinner party full of thoughtful, fascinating people inspiring each other to build on each other's work, references, and ideas. You can read more from Pipe Wrench and subscribe online at www.
4: So that is the Pratt Contemporaries Black and White Party. So I mentioned that I was involved in the library before I actually started working here, and I was a member of the Pratt Contemporaries, which is our young professionals philanthropy group for the library. So we do monthly events um we had some really fun events besides the black and white party including like a spelling bee where you might get a little tipsy (laughs) in between and then try and spell words like an adult spelling bee and we do all kinds of really fun things um we you know tour brand new restaurants all together and it's all um in support of the library so helps raise money specifically Mm. for teen and children's programming here in the library so the big event of the year for the Pratt Contemporaries <laughs> is the Black and White Party. Yes. And so we have it here at the Central Library. There is a theme every year, and it's usually a literary theme. So like a few themes ago, it was Alice in Wonderland. Um, a couple years ago was The Wizard of Oz. Oh, man. And so we <laughs> trick out the library. I mean, it looks like a different place. It really, like my favorite part of the Black and White Party is when you just walk in because it's just, magical the whole place is transformed and it's really just a big party that supports the library um the tickets are very hard to get they generally sell out within minutes Mm. um but my trick or my tip is if you are a member of the pratt contemporaries we have different membership levels and so if you join like a higher level membership you actually automatically get some tickets to the black and white party if you join at our base level membership you get access to the pre-sale for those tickets. So that is really the way into the party because it has gotten more and more popular every single year. And I'm sure if we are able to have it this year, it's gonna be more popular than ever.
0: I mean, as what I've been hearing they're calling this the Roaring Twenties again.
4: Oh my gosh! That's what
0: everybody's saying. I'd be
4: so happy if we had a Twenties theme. It,
0: that's what because I said I need some
4: fringe in my life. I,
0: you know what? I did a Gatsby party a couple of years. before oh. and that we did the fringe and mm-hmm.
4: definitely we did love Gatsby it. Gatsby already, so we have to think of a new theme. But
0: it's going to be the Roaring Twenties again. Think about it. It's the Twenties. You got you know. We'll like, have to think of something. think of something. But There's a, an
4: entire committee that plans that party. Okay. I mean, and they like every detail is worked out to <sighs> perfection, and the theme is always like the biggest thing that gets decided so they work really hard they're a group of volunteers who are amazing and the pratt contemporaries in general is a group that's about 300 strong and they're just people that believe in baltimore and believe in the library
0: and that's what this podcast is about yeah and so i had a couple questions a couple people were asking how was the library funded i had i had that question people were asking because i'm like i'm going into the library like how did i get money
4: How do we get money? Okay, so we are the State Library of Maryland, so we get money from the state. Okay. We also get money from the city. So our money from both the state and the city keeps the doors open and the lights on and the employees paid, right?
2: Okay.
4: We have a group of incredibly generous private donors um, and grants that fund all of our programs. So every story time you go to, every, um, you know, the mobile job center, the... um, the author programs, those amazing author programs, all of that is privately funded, and it's from the generosity of donors who believe that things like that should be free for the people of Baltimore.
0: And how long would it take me to get a library card if I was a listener trying to say, I'm, I'm gonna, can, I, can I do it from online, or do I have to come in, or... How do, how do I get long library card?
4: Well, you can do it in just a few minutes. So you can go online and we have the e-card. Um, and so that would get you access to any of our digital resources. So you can access all your library resources from home. I do that because I'll finish a book at like 11 o'clock at night and then I need a new book immediately and I can at least <laughs> download it right away. Um, and then if you come in after you get your e-card, they'll just upgrade you to a regular card. Um, but yeah, it's really simple. You just, if you're coming into one of our 22 locations, you just fill out an application and anyone who is a resident of the state of Maryland can get a Pratt card since we're the state library. All
0: right. I love it. I love it. And they're it. free,
4: of course. People, I love it. I, a lot of people don't realize that the library is free. I always say free is our middle name. Everything's free.
0: Free to Baltimore. Yeah. Free to, that's, that's free to Maryland. Uh, free to Maryland. Yes, yes. Yep. So we're going to go on to the last part of the episode. For interview. Okay. Last part interview. Here we go. Okay. It's the speed round. Oh gosh. This, okay. This is the fun. This is the fun. Who is your favorite author?
4: It's like asking someone if
0: I know, pick I know. Favorite child. All right, top three. Top three authors.
4: I would say so. My favorite book is The Alchemist by okay. Paolo coelho That's what I read. Like I go back to it every few years and read it. So that's what I would okay stick with. All
0: right. What's your favorite race to run? Because I know you're a runner.
4: I love the soul of the city. Mm-hmm. Um it's just, it's around the harbor, it's beautiful. And it was actually the first race I ever ran. It was the first 10K I ever ran. And I, like, initially never believed I could run that far and mm-hmm. eventually then I did half marathons after that but the soul of the city holds a special place in my heart because it was the first like time I ever really felt like a runner <laughs> and it's beautiful I mean the Balt- it's a truly Baltimore race I do also love Baltimore Marathon Day I think it's the most fun day in Baltimore City I love cheering on
0: the marathon runners okay see my thing is St. Patrick 5k I always do oh that was <laughs> it's a fun one
4: I always <laughs> think, as long as you don't fall down that hill the on hill Charles going Street down, right that, yeah, it's a little dodgy on that hill especially because it's one o'clock <laughs> in the afternoon everyone's right right you already fun. you
0: already know you already know <laughs> so crabs or crab cakes
4: i like the ceremony of crabs like i like that you have to crack them that you do it with a big group so i would say crabs just because it's it evokes like an experience
0: you know i like that i i'm, I'm it's funny i want to do episodes on that because i think crabs are the reason why i like crabs better than crab cakes is because everybody has to put their cell phone down you're talking. All your hands. You're yeah. talking. Mm-hmm. There's nobody interrupting. Mm-hmm. It's a conversation. Now.
4: And it's not like you do that by yourself, right? Like right. you don't have crabs by yourself. Like it's no, a group it's of a people, group. it's a ritual. It it's is. Something to it. I love it. Yeah. I
0: love it. All right. Flats or drums for chicken wings?
4: I would say flats because you can put more sauce on those.
0: Ranch or blue cheese? Both. Uh oh, we're gonna. Uh, I don't uh, know. I mean, like on different. Di- I mean, like listen, ranch. I would put ranch on
4: almost anything, but I also like blue cheese.
0: <laughs> it's always that's always a hot. That's topic That's a
4: really tough one. That's a
0: tough one. Old Bay hot sauce, or Frank's red hot sauce.
4: I feel like it's Maryland. I gotta go with Old Bay. Old Bay's like on everything around here, so I'm going with Old Bay.
0: What is the best advice you've ever received?
4: That's such a tough one. I think it, my dad is someone who I always turn to advice. And I, he's always sort of instilled in me that you're really responsible for your own happiness. And you can only control how you react to a situation. So I've always tried and really live with that. Like, you choose joy. You choose to be happy, even within the situations. You know, when I was working in TV news, I used to always tell my photographers, if we don't laugh at least once today, we have done it wrong. So... I just feel like, yeah, that's probably the best advice my dad kind of instilled in me.
0: Now, here's a mystery question. I, 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 this wasn't on my list. And I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm coming. We'll see, we'll see where you're going to come with this. Okay. Ocean City or Dalmar Beach? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Can I choose
0: nine? <laughs> the so, Jersey Shore or, or, or Avalon Jersey. I like Avalon. But I like that beach a little bit.
4: I would do in New Jersey. My grandma had a beach house growing up on Manasquan, so I'm always partial. Like, Manasquan, it was a town that, like, all the beach houses were little small beach houses. There's no, like, high rises. There's nothing, like, super fancy about it. That's what I loved about. So I always, like, sort of yearn for a beach that's very similar. That feels like home to me. Ocean City has the high rises and everything. It's, like, too much for me. And you know, Belmar is a little bit too much. It's (laughs) It's a little too crazy. It's a little bit. It's a little Just a little little bit.
0: (laughs) People from Jersey know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Can you tell us where we can find you guys on social media? Are you guys on TikTok yet? Because that's where all I'm on TikTok. I'm like, I have no idea. I'm like putting things around. I have no idea what I'm doing. Because that's like, TikTok is like the, I was fighting it, but now I, I understand it. I get it now.
4: Yeah, so we if you go on our website, Pratt Library, prattlibrary.org, it will link you to all of our social media pages. So we are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We've not gotten into TikTok yet, and you know it's a debate between all of us because I feel like to be successful in TikTok, you have to be really consistent with it, and it's a lot of work that goes into it. So, I mean, it's something we're thinking about, but we also have to figure out – do we have the staff to do it and keep it entertaining? And so so we're thinking about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've seen lawyers, I've seen lawyers TikTok on TikTok. So, you, cause you I mean, I call it the TikTok. I just go in the, I'm there for like an hour. Like, how did I, there's yeah. hour of what You just looking, lost
4: time. I lost time. Yeah. But
0: just like, I mean, walking into Pratt Library, TikTok, it, I don't know, I think it'd be kind of cool.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's something we're talking about and thinking about. So I'm sure it'll be coming in the future.
0: Any last things you want to say to the audience? Just listening? because I really, really, you dropped so many jewels and gems. I'm blown away. I am so happy that I, you know, I reached out and you reached right back. And you're like, Aaron, let's make it happen. I'm like, let's do it. And I'm just, again... Shout, give a shout-out to your podcast. Come on, we got to talk about your podcast. Oh, yeah. Give a shout-out to your podcast on here.
4: Thank you. We do the Free to Be More podcast, um, and, yeah, we're really excited about it. Um, we talk to people who are really making a difference in the city of Baltimore. So it's really inspiring. I feel like we learn something every single episode. We try and be really, really timely. Um, we are going into our fourth season of the podcast, which I can't believe that we've been at it for four years. Congratulations. Um, thank you. It's it's really exciting. But but yeah, you can find out everything about the library at prattlibrary.org. And the one thing I always say to people, because a lot of people say like, oh, I don't need the library. Like, I dare you. There is something here for you. There's something here for everybody. I dare people to walk in and not find at least one thing that's here for them.
0: Will do. we Will do. Well, folks, love, peace, and happiness. And thanks for listening to No Pixels of Dark podcast. We're out.